because people were so horny for characters from those games, they made several breakthroughs in animation technology that like overhauled all of the systems that people use for animation. Those are the three levels. Nothing, professionals, and porn. I don't know how to feel right now. Any animated movie you see now is built on the backs of porn animators. Okay, we're gonna move on. What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films, so to keep my friends happy and potentially provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I am not on this quest alone, however. This week I am joined by one of my closest friends and a man who I think has probably done more research about these movies than possibly anyone else in the world, my good friend Griffin Stouffer. Griffin, how are you doing? Do that again, but give me more feeling. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I'm doing good. I have, de- I have almost definitely done more research on this movie than pretty much anybody else. I can guarantee that simply because it doesn't exist. I would know if it existed. Because I... you just tried to do it. You know, yeah, because I tried to do it and there was nothing. And I just went over all of it with you, but that's bonus content. Subscribe to Patreon. There we go. He got the word. I paid him to do that, actually. No, I did not. Yes, I did. I signed a contract. (laughs) Uh, I am owned by Ankit now. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. You're in London. I'm in America. That's how it worked. (laughs) And there's no no subcontext there. Okay, so, as Griffin mentioned, we have already talked about 45 minutes before we're even getting to recording this episode about Barbie and the Barbie world. So, today we're, we're talking... Talk about it for 45 more minutes afterwards, too. Don't forget oh, that. I have oh, more. yes. Oh, yes. He still has more. This man sent me an image. He has a 10-page research document on this film. Specifically this film, not even the sequels. I ignored the sequels, specifically. There was some articles about the sequels, and specifically about the stage play, and about other ones, and I had to pull from those, but I control-F'd for Fairytopia on those webpages and only pulled from that. Fair enough. Well, we keep saying it, but the movie that we are watching is Barbie Fairytopia. Apparently, this is, like, a very popular film, and most people around our age, like, you apparently know a lot of people who have seen this film? Yeah, so I would say that it was, because the movie came out in, like, 2005, and the sequels came out, like, in the few years after that, because, again, these movies were made from, like, 2001 to 2015, but, like, Fairytopia was 2005, and the majority of the Fairytopia in-world sequels were from 2005 to 2009, with only one of them later. And I think that one was like 2011, so it wasn't that long after. So, like, this was a very specific childhood thing. Like, 2005, I was seven. And with Blockbuster, they were pretty easily accessible. And my sister was into Barbie dolls. And we had one TV, so we just watched the same stuff together. 
and I, I've never been much of a movie watcher. Like, I'll go and see them. I'll think about them, and it's like, okay, obviously, obviously, I'm willing to think about them. I have ten goddamn pages, <laughs> but um, this was one of those movies that we would watch over and over again, and uh, very similarly, like my roommate Sophia and her sisters, they would also watch it because they were in that age group, and just like I don't know, a lot of people I know, it's like. Basically, if you had a sister, if you had someone, if you had someone feminine presenting in your family, this movie was pushed on them. Yeah, I've never even heard of these movies. I have an older sister, but I think she would have been too old when these movies came Probably. out for it to be pushed on me because she's four and a half years older than me. And so we're the same age. Mm-hmm. So if we yeah, were no, seven, sense. she was 11 by the time that these came out. So she probably didn't care about them. Yeah, they're very much uh, baby movies for babies. There is (laughs) not a lot of depth to these. Like I said in bonus content, subscribe to Patreon. This was the first original one that they made, and the other four before it were just like fairy tales retold with Barbie. Yeah, and that's why we're doing this one, because it's the first original story. And so we're starting with this one, but I'm fascinated by everything you've told me so far it it's it goes way beyond what i even thought was out there and yeah it's here's the thing we have covered some very very good movies and very like movies that are considered classics on this podcast allegedly they're considered classics. We've gone over <laughs> them. <laughs> no, I don't think I, anybody likes Fight Club or Shawshank Redemption or Pulp Fiction or Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I think people don't like those movies. They're not very good. Barbie Fairytopia, on the other hand. <laughs> Masterpiece. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, who's to say, as you said, there is no research done on it. How, how do we know that it isn't a masterpiece just for a different age bracket? Nobody can tell you, except me. I can tell you. Apparently <laughs> Griffin can tell I'm us. I'm the so. preeminent researcher on Barbie fairy fucking Topia. That, I will give him that crown. So, before we jump into it officially, here's what I knew about it. There were a ton of Barbie movies. This was the first original story. And it has something to do with a bibble. <laughs> no idea what Bibble is vital to this movie. Without Bibble, this movie is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Without Bibble, this movie is nothing. So we're jumping straight into it. So the movie opens with a rainbow and it says, Beyond the rainbow lies Fairytopia. Also, if anyone hasn't seen this film and you want to see this film, it's interesting as far as I've It's gotten. free on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. Just go to YouTube. So it's many a- minutes. Just have fun with it. You can put it on two times speed. You're not going to miss anything. <laughs> no, you might miss the a... nice musical scores with that speed, but the score whatever. actually very good. I am pleasantly surprised. So we see some fairies. They're flying around. Cool. And we see one fairy and she's laying on a flower. And then there are three others that are playing and she's watching them play. And next to her on the flower is this small, cute, blue little creature with pink hair, and it's asleep. So he's referred to as a puffball in the movie, so I think the species of Bibble is puffball. Great, so Bibble is a puffball. I mean, Which makes sense. They put way too much budget into that (laughs) 
creatures like hair animations all right like the rest of the hair on all the characters is plastic as shit this guy this motherfucker got strands all right <laughs> and he's covered in hair and he's covered in it you can see the individual hairs you're not wrong so the purple fairy asks what do you call a fairy without wings friends like what nothing who'd call a wingless fairy so i think those are pixies because they are smaller they need better lines they need better (laughs) lines come on how how low are you running on jokes that that's the best you can do like how many wingless fairies does it take to screw in a light bulb a lot they can't fucking reach it like better immediately i don't think they have concepts of light bulbs but when has that ever stopped barbie movie i wouldn't know i haven't seen the new one either that just came out that one's a good again should do that one (laughs) i will stand by that i know you don't do modern movies but that's how we got to me watching this one is you texted me going hey you know it would be good for you to do Go do Barbie. And I have a rule that for the podcast, any movie has to be at least one year old before I'll talk about it on the show. And, you know, that one's like six weeks old. Maybe. Something like that. It's getting there. It's, it's not every a day year. It inches, every day it inches closer and every day I'm sneaking <laughs> up. By. Every minute you're not running, I'm getting closer with the Barbie movie to club you over the head with it. I'm planning on going and seeing it sometime this week. But then you can't do it for the podcast because then you'll have seen it. We can still, I'll still talk about it. I'll research Barbie movie. I have a, I have a year minus six weeks. <laughs> a year. Okay. You, you saw what I did in two days. <laughs> this is true. Actually, I haven't seen it, but that's because I can't have spoilers. So. <laughs> true. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this makes sense that they're pixies because the next note is I'm like, why is Barbie? Like, five times the size of the fairies. Yeah, Barbie's a fairy, but those are pixies, and they're assholes. Yeah, they're mean. But, so here was my prediction of the film, of what's gonna happen. I was like, there's a wingless fairy, and that's played by Barbie. She's actually from somewhere else, but was somehow brought up here at a young age, and then grew up in this fairytopia land and the film will be about her figuring out how to fit into the world that she grew up in and then she'll be accepted at the end spoiler alert uh-huh. i couldn't have been more wrong oh immediately wrong <laughs> just immediately wrong she, so, uh yeah no she's just she's just there <laughs> she's just a wingless fairy there's literally just no backstory there's no explanation for this I tried. I tried too hard. I tried to give it a backstory. You, you expected it too much from this <laughs> fucking movie. I I had hopes. Unfortunate. <laughs> you know, we all make mistakes. That was a big one. Yeah. You were started when I texted you, you should see Barbie movie. And choosing to continue that conversation. Yeah, but sometimes we get things like this. Possibly the most in-depth look about this movie that is out available on the internet. And I want to, and we will keep saying that because it really makes it sound better than what it is that we're doing, which is 
just fucking talking about this dumb movie one time. Uh, <laughs> yep. So Bibble is Bibble is a ride or die because this dude is about ready to body these pixies. He is ready it's to amazing. fight. Amazing, I love it. Bibble is just like insulting them and going at them, and he's like, and it's great, and I, I love him already. I got none of that through your microphone. Discord chose to cut all of that off, and I'm God glad. God damn it! It's in the right recording, so I guess when I listen back to this. I'll add it in. So, where were, yeah, so Bibble's a ride or die. Barbie's just like, don't bother. And then Dandelion uses her wings and blows away the pixies. Dandelion says that the fairies said that they should go home right away because something bad is happening in the magic meadow. And they say it looks fine. I'm sorry, all the plants are droopy and wilting. How the fuck is that fine? kind of just look like that. They're just leaves. Also, also, Dandelion bodies those pixies. They are gone. I think that's a hate crime, technically. <laughs> they did fly... Over the horizon. <laughs> They're fast. <laughs> Some strong winds coming from Dandelion over there. But yeah, no, Dandelion, they they get this, like, warning or portent of, like, oh, something's wrong. And then they're like, well, we don't know what's wrong. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Zero thoughts. I'm not gonna lie, though, I feel like sometimes it mirrors modern life, where people are like, look, we know things are messed up, but we don't have an idea on how to make things better, so I guess this is how it is. I think and this is even continue. worse. I think this is even worse, because they just do not, they don't think about it, they don't talk about it. Dandelion's just like, the other fairies say there's something wrong in the, the magic meadow, and then Barbie's like, I don't it's see fine. anything wrong. And then they just fucking start <laughs> they walking. move on. Yeah. They just keep walking. And... Don't think about it. Don't even try to be like, hey, what is the problem? Nope. Nope. Zero thought. And Dandelion's just like, you know what? Maybe they were just playing a joke on us. What? <laughs> cool. Also, empty. It is empty. There is <laughs> nobody around them. Nothing is happening around them. It is empty. And part of this is because there's, like, obviously it's a movie from 2005 and it's computer animated. So there's, like, nothing. They can't put as many objects around the world. But it feels, like, extra empty because there's, like, five flowers yeah. on the screen at a time. There's, like, five, maybe, usually, like, two or three. It's empty. Out of curiosity... In your depths of research, did you come across potentially how many animators worked on this film? No, Wikipedia didn't go that far in depth. Keep talking about the movie and I'll see if I can find something. Okay, sounds good. Let me know if you get back to it. So, where we're at. Bibble then is like, you know, flying around. I guess he kind of just lives with Barbie or Elena? Elena? I think he's like a pet. Elena, yeah. Elena, yeah. I, think I switched he's on pronunciation like... too. Yeah, so Elena, and it's probably just a pet, and you know what? I'm here for it. I love Bibble. He's my favorite character in the entire film. But he smells <laughs> a little flower, and he sneezes from the pollen, and I felt that. I was like, oh, I feel your pain, because nature tries to kill me too every spring, and I suffer quite badly sometimes. Also, 
that sneeze that blasted him back, that means that his sneeze is more powerful than his wing flapping. Because <laughs> yeah. his wings are flapping the entire time. He's just strong enough with... His nose is the strongest thing in this movie. Forget the power <laughs> of friendship or whatever. Like... It's, it's Bibble's nose. It's Bibble's schnoz. I mean, he slams into a tree so hard that the seed... Like, a seed falls out of the tree. So, like, it wasn't even like he just gets blown back, like, a little way. Like, no, he gets launched like a rocket. It's like... Uh, so, I, I found out. I, I found it on the IMDb page for the full credits. Uh, depends on if you're talking about art department, visual effects, or animation department. Because... They actually have a very robust number of people working on this, which is probably why they could crank out, like, I think even possibly more than one a year. Oh, fair enough. Okay, that makes sense. I do have to keep in mind that this movie was not made in the ideals of being, what do you call it? Um, Eyebrow. <laughs> a pivotal a moment. In animation history. That wasn't no, the goal was of not this important. film. <laughs> it was in no way instrumental to anything <laughs> in... Like, there are... Hey, it was instrumental to your childhood. There are three tiers of animation breakthroughs. One is Barbie Fairytopia, where it did nothing, and it's just kind of a Garbo movie. Two <laughs> is, like, Frozen or Brave, where they really make, like, a really good new engine for like hair animations. And three is Bioshock Infinite and Overwatch porn creators. I'm not joking. Because people were so horny for characters from those games, they made several breakthroughs in animation technology that like overhauled all of the systems that people use for animation. Those are the three levels. Nothing? Professionals and porn. I don't know how to feel right now. Any animated movie you see now is built on the backs of porn animators. Okay, we're gonna move on. So, they start playing catch. They do. With the seed. And, you know, Bibble flies over to these little flower spirits and they move away, which I found very funny. <laughs> like, Probably they were like, smart. Oh, no. Yeah, move away. And he's ready. He's like, I got this. You're gonna... Elena's gonna throw the seed, and I'm gonna catch it. So Elena throws the seed, and it's super powerful. So the second most, you know, strong, lethal weapon is probably just her arm. Because... Also stronger than his wings, yeah. Yeah, I mean... He gets sure. destroyed. <laughs> he dies for a moment. He and screams. Like, it, I did enjoy the animation of him screaming right before <laughs> the seed hits him. Yeah, Bibble it was very again, fun. the only character that shows expression. But like, also, you gotta assume they've done this before because they were so ready to do it. Like, Bibble knocks the seed down with his sneeze, and then Elena picks it up. Elena picks it up, and Danny Lyons like that place over there and. <laughs> Yeah, and Alina's like, I bet, and is like, Bibble, go long, and then he goes <laughs> over there, then she chucks it, straight fastball, straight down the center, 
right in right in line. What did they expect to happen? They've presumably done this before. Like I even thought of that. <laughs> like like they were so ready for it. Like why why are they surprised? She threw it so hard. The, the people the didn't little, deserve that. The little flower folk like knew to get out of the way. We Wild. are very bright heroes of our story. That's what we'd like to just point out. Very smart. Bye very, idea. very smart individuals. So, I mean, she throws it so hard, it leaves an imprint of Bibble on the flower. And not it's only okay. that, it gets stuck inside of his belly. <laughs> that as well. But Bibble's fine. You know, <laughs> man is built like a tank. That dog has stamina. He can take it. He can take a hit and get back up. He'd be a menace in the ring. Oh my god. The only thing that could stand up to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> is Bibble. Oh. I would love to see that fight. Bibble versus Muhammad Ali. This is the bravest that Bibble is at any point in the movie. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. As shown by, like, literally the next scene that... It after they cut away yep. and cut back and have to actually go on a journey. But we're not yeah. there yet. We're not there yet. We'll get there. So the mean pixies come back and they were like, oh, we were trying to do you a favor, but if you don't care that Topaz has been kidnapped, then it's fine with me. And then, like, they start going away. And um, two things. One, these pixies are truly mean. And they don't seem to care that Topaz is gone either. Yeah, so all I have in my notes for this section is, oh no, Topaz. Yeah, the I, next thing is, who is Topaz and why do I care about them? We, I assume we'll find out soon. Yeah, because who the fuck is Topaz? So, who, who knows? Also, the Pixies have just horrendous voice acting. Or the best. And I'm not sure which. Because they're like, they do sound like annoying dickhead middle schoolers. Yeah. But I hate it. But, but they do accurate. sound like that, and that's kind of the intention. I mean, that's who they are, though. It is, but I hate they it. They are the 13-year-olds that accurately make fun of you, and it hurts. Yeah, anyways. Also, I thought No Fly Zone was actually a good fucking, a good bully nickname. I thought that, I thought that was a good joke. I'm, oh. glad, I'm glad they uh, picked up from... Who yeah. calls a wingless fairy? What do you call a wingless fairy? No one wants to call a wingless fairy. No fly zone is far better. Oh yeah, I had that on here. It was just in a in a moment, but yeah. So the pixies point out that Dandelion and Barbie or Elena are the only fairies that are in the meadow. And then I was like, okay, you don't include Bibble. What is this scrutiny? What? Why? Like Bibble's still in the meadow. He might not be a fairy, but he's there. You he's can't just ignore him. He's very How did you important. Ignore Bibble? Man just died and came back to life. How do you ignore that? Literally Jesus. <laughs> right? But they ignored Bibble. But Dandelion asks if anyone has told the Enchantress. And Dandelion is like, okay, why are you telling us this? It just seems too nice. And the Pixies explain that they make fun of them. But they don't want to see Dandelion and No Fly Zone kidnapped by Laverna. Oh no, Laverna. That's a 
evil name if I've ever heard one. Oh yeah, I was like, who is Laverna and why is she the villain that I already love? <laughs> yeah, why is she the one good part, interesting part of this movie, probably? <laughs> yep. Because that's um, where the writers of children's movies put all their interesting content in the villain. Yeah. I legitimately have in my notes, who is Laverna? Why do I already love her? That's for the next scene to find out. Yeah. So Barbie, sorry, Elena, because in my notes, I have. You can just Barbie. call her Barbie. Who gives a shit? They're they're the same. They're not, Bar though, because Barbie is supposed to be playing Elena, as you explained to me in the lore of these movies. Like, yeah. there is there is a lore. We must be accurate to the lore. Otherwise, fantasy means nothing. But that means saying that just saying Barbie isn't wrong because it is Barbie. It is Barbie, but that's not her name. You're so right. We respect women here. Exactly! We call people by their name! I might mess up, but I will always try to make sure that I get it right. If I have a slip-up, keep me accountable. I want it's funnier for me that way. <laughs> so they think Laverna is a myth. Yeah, they think Laverna is a myth, and Dandelion says that she's pretty sure, but just in case, she'll go ask Mom. Fair enough. Mom has all okay. the answers. Mom has all the answers. Also, is it, wouldn't Laverna just be another fairy? Why yes. do they think she's a myth? How, how do you have a myth that's just another fairy? Well, okay, here's the thing. is like, that made sense to me, though, because, like, I guess Laverna was, like, this bad fairy that existed, right? And it's like, okay... Like, the stories, like, the younger fairies just might not know everything because Laverna might have been, like, banished ages ago. Sure, and so, like, yeah. we're potentially seeing the younger fairies, and the younger fairies have never been around while any of this has happened. So they don't know anything, really, and, like, it's all just myth and folklore of what Laverna is. So, But they, since they've never experienced it, they just think that it's a myth. Like, they don't actually know if she's real. Or these are just stories. So that brings up two problems. Two problems. Okay. One is, what has Laverna done to become so mythologized? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? So would I. Two, does that mean the fairies have a concept of age? And if so, what is it like for them? Because everybody looks like they're the same goddamn age. Everyone does look like they're the same age. I feel like it's kind of like the elves in Lord of the Rings, where, like, you know, you get to adulthood, and then you kind of stay generally the same for, like, most of your life until, like... And it's a long time, and then you and die. A, and then you die. Maybe. But who knows? It's fucking Barbie. They're not going to elaborate on any of the rules of the world, at least not in this movie. Yeah. I they don't feel even... like we're making more of the rules of the world by talking about this movie. They, they, don't, they don't even mention in the movie that the world is separated into, like, seven zones for the seven colors of the rainbow. Oh my god, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's why they go to different areas and they're, like, clearly, like, color-based sometimes. Okay. We'll get to that. Let's get to that. Yeah. So Dandelion then just leaves and tells Elena 
like, you know, Alina's like, yeah, I can get back to Peony alone. And I'm like, you're not alone. You're with Bibble. But it's fine. They go back. And they get back home, which just seems like a large tulip flower. Cool. Oh, yeah. And before we get to that, can I actually mention that um, I, I almost skipped this in my notes, but Dandelion actually has a slight lisp. Okay. Which was, like, hardly noticeable, but you never... You don't seem to ever really get that in newer movies because they tend to like speak very clearly, speak very clearly and stuff. But because this is an older one, probably lower budget, they actually have a lisp, which is nice. I thought it was fun. I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. Beautiful. So the Pixies said that Topaz was kidnapped and she's a guardian and Elena is explaining this to Bibble, but Bibble is fast asleep. Bibble is a spirit animal. Wait, we skipped a little bit because obviously they're inside Peony. Which oh, is yeah. Peony is the house. name of the plant that she lives in. She lives in a flower named Peony. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually a peony. Also, it looks. it seems like it hates Bibble. Oh, yeah. It closes before Bibble can get in. Yeah. Also, but also it's like alive and sentient. It sings them to bed. And also, it's literally, like, just a bed in there. Yeah, there's nothing it's, in that flower. That's smaller than my apartment. Anyways, that's $2,000 a month for rent. Oof. Yeah. That's smaller than my apartment. New York apartment. Also, I just have written down here, Bibble is indifferent to good and evil. Um, I love Bibble so I, much. I think that's just in reference to... Alina being like, oh no, the Guardians have been kidnapped. Whatever will we do? And then Bibble's asleep. <laughs> Bibble don't care. Bibble needs his beauty sleep. Bibble is far more powerful than we can even imagine. Oh no, he's, he's a force to be reckoned with, especially with that schnoz. Oh yeah, for sure. That powerful, those, those powerful tubes on him. Oh yeah. So the music changes. And now we're in a different part of Fairytopia. It's dark, as per the music. So, outside we have some cacti, some small shrubs with spikes, and it's very green. Yes, because cactus is bad and it's also green, which is bad, because that's the only color people use for bad. Sure, why not? The children's movie. Lovely. Inside we see someone trapped in a cell of some sorts, it looked like. And I was like, is this Topaz? It's Topaz. So there's Shocking. a shadow. Yeah, I know, right? There's a shadowy figure swooshing about and it slowly scaring Topaz. It's Laverna. And she comes back with a snack of butternut milk and ambrosia. And immediately I was like, Percy Jackson. <laughs> was that what she said? It? Yeah, it was. Sorry, I'm was thinking about all the. Di I'm trying to think of all the different foods that are mentioned in it. And they're just kind of like. There are a lot. Various. Thanks. Yeah, there's a surprising amount of food talk. Yeah. Yeah. So Laverna immediately goes into a villain monologue, by the way. Just like oh, it's immediate. Fantastic. No rest. It's just like, all right, time for you to hear my entire plan. Yep. You're trapped yep. in my weird fucking jello bubble. You're going to sit here through my plan. Yeah. And it's pretty great. So, right before we get to that, though, Topaz is like, yeah, 
I prefer my freedom, and Laverna just mocks her. And Laverna toasts to the end of Topaz's loneliness, because Topaz is lonely. And I'm like, oh, what messed up thing is Laverna about to do? Is she about to go get all the other guardians? Yeah, that's exactly yeah, her plan. that's literally exactly what she's <laughs> going to do. <laughs> that is exactly what she is going that's to do. There are six other chairs there. So I hit pause, and I was like, is she gonna do this? And then I hit play, and I was like, oh. Yeah, Laverna, literally, the next line was, she'll capture all yep. the other guardians, and they can watch as she takes over Fairytopia. I was like, if I watched five more seconds, I would have had my answer. There is no subtlety in this movie. <laughs> Everything is explained two minutes later. <laughs> you that's, know? The good thing about, that's the good thing about you making guesses, because you'll know if you're right almost <laughs> instantly. Yeah, I'll know pretty quickly with this one. Whereas some of the other ones, I've had to wait to see if I'm right. Yeah, no no need to wait. No suspense in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> Just a lot of me being wrong and then realizing it about five seconds later. <laughs> yeah, I bet you can guess how this movie ends right now. We'll get to it, potentially. Yeah. So, I'm sure you'll have a guess by the end of this recording. <laughs> so Topaz says it's not possible. All the, all the fairies are loyal to the Enchantress. And Laverna says she's thought of that of course she has she's not just some imbecile villain she has thought her plan through and she calls fungus 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 is like this little goblin creature and multiple heads pop out six heads to be exact they kind of seem scared and timid but yeah overall they're kind of cute so let's let's talk about fungus for a second because they're these like also, weird little they don't fly nope they don't how do they get anywhere? Who knows? Anyways, fungus. So they're all called fungus. Yeah. They're all fungi. Yeah. So I guess they're all like, I don't, it's unclear if they're like a hive mind or just born from the same way and she doesn't deem to give them all names. They are all called fungus. And that is what they are always called throughout this movie and other movies. And that is all they are. They are fungus. Uh, and it's kind of edging on anti-Semitic tropes. I told you we'd get back to the anti-Semitism. Yeah, you did. You warned me. Yeah, it's kind of like li like the lizard men are controlling the government style of anti-Semitism, where it's like, like goblins have kind of evolved past being generally just considered an anti-Semitic trope, but obviously they have origins in that, so you have to regard it. But um, the the problem is <laughs> that in Swan Lake, a different bar one of the Barbie movies. The villain there, the villains there are really anti-Semitic tropes. Oh. They're like extremely, I'm talking like Jewish name, big hook nose, kind of like these goblin guys, uh, greedy. I think they might also be talking shit on gypsies in that one, if I remember. I, I think I might be wrong in combining it with something else. But um, I have nothing to add to it because i haven't seen them the good thing is i don't know if it's a pattern that's like goes throughout the barbie movies because this one has a different writer and director if it was right. a pattern i'd say that's a stronger like oh they just toned down to their weird things but i think it's pretty safe to say they were just going for goblin and accidentally landed on the things that everybody lands on when they create a goblin yeah which is that that is born out of you know, anti-Semitism and goes there. 
Anyways, that is the darkest side tangent that we will go on this entire movie because the rest of it's stupid. <laughs> Fair so enough. Don't worry. I don't have any other like dark, questionable content things on this movie. Until we get to more bonus content, subscribe on the Patreon when I talk about the stuff I have after the movie, which, again, has more stuff about disability in this world, which I'll also talk about during this. Actually, never mind. I might have some dark stuff to talk about. Okay. So, Laverna orders them to show Topaz the medicine, which is just a formula, which is a pot of green gas. Yeah, it's just, like, weird-shaped green gas. It's, uh, just gas. I don't know what's creating the gas. We don't know how it, like, sustains itself. Presumably, nope. it run it would run out at some point. There's no lid nope. on that. It, it's uh, perfect. Gases gases change shape to form the container they're fitted in. Unfortunately, the container for that thing is the entire world because there's no lid. Where's it going? What is it? I Never don't explained. know. <laughs> well, it's explained what it does. But look, it explains what it does, and here's what it does. So we learn that this formula that Laverna has created can weaken every flying creature in Fairytopia. Once they breathe, it, they will become so weak that they will lose the power to fly. And I was like, you forgot about the flightless one. So and also, important to note, that the scene they show while well, she's describing that is this weird bird thing flying through, carrying the pot, and it dropping the gas everywhere. Then some fairies just fly into the gas. Why would they fly into the gas? It's very obvious. It's very green. That's yeah. like immediate no-go. That's like instant like, hey, I don't want to fly into that. That's like if you're walking down the street and you have the option of the clean path or a path or the one through dog poop. just, yeah, a pile like just spread of like a hundred yards of dog poop. And then you actively choose to go dog poop. And you're like, oh no, my shoe now has dog poop on it. How could this ever have happened to me? Right. Uh, Anyways, those two fairies in that scene just go down. <laughs> they die instantly. <laughs> They're done. So, Topaz says that this isn't possible. But Laverna reveals that her minions are in the seven regions of Fairytopia spreading it. And little by little, the weakness will set in everywhere. The whole land will be weak, flightless, and frightened. And Laverna is the only one who can help them. Not the Enchantress or the Guardians, but only Laverna. And then all of Fairytopia will love her for it. And as the future queen, Laverna says, It would be better if we all just got along. A few things. One, Elena is going to be our hero, and she'll defeat Laverna to save the Guardians and steal the antidote. Wow, really going out on a stretch there with that one, aren't you? <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Wow, really <laughs> far. Really, really long shot of a guess there. I gotta, I gotta hopefully be right on this one, because I don't know if I have much hope on other movies that I see. Actually, at the end of this, I want... I want a general prediction and also a real long shot prediction. Okay. Just something that you don't think will actually happen, but if it did, if it did, bonus points. Okay. Or something. It's very, there's no stakes in these guesses, but whatever. 
Fair enough. So two. I feel like Bibble will somehow not be affected and will still be able to fly, meaning that he helps Barbie and specifically plays a big part in helping steal the antidote. You're not getting anything from me. Yeah, I know. I got nothing from Griffin. He's just stone cold. And three, there is absolutely no emotion in Topaz's face when Laverna is saying just decently horrific things and being quite maniacal. Yeah, like like you said before, no expressions in this. Bibble's got all the expression. That's all we need. Bibble has all the expression. I feel like they just like couldn't change up the faces of like the Barbie doll characters, but with Bibble because it's a weird puffball, they can just go crazy with it. <laughs> you can tell that the animators ju were just like, okay, so we have them, but but we also we have, have the most annoying little creature. guy. We have this cute little guy, and let's have some fun with him. <laughs> cute might be a stretch. He's kind of horrifying. He's slightly terrifying, but he's adorable. And he, he is a powerhouse. You should, um... Oh, I don't know if I... I'll have it for next time, but there's some Bibble toys that are just horrendous. Like, actual Bibble toys that they release that just look nothing like the actual character there's like a plush that just looks like he was run over by a car and flattened uh okay. there's some like keychains that just look like monstrous monstrous pieces of plastic if you're looking this up now then i don't have to do it later but no i'll, I'll have something for you for our end of for our end discussion as well sounds good so bibble wakes up elena and apparently the home didn't sing to them when they to wake them up my house doesn't do that either. My phone does, but it's not really singing. It's just kind of an annoying tone because otherwise I won't wake up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, if I've my tried using songs. Me, I don't wake up to them. Yeah, neither do I. I've tried, I tried using songs forever ago, and it's just like, nah, it's just music. Just vibing. It's just music. I do get woken up by sirens sometimes. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Anyway, so we learn <laughs> Peony is sick, and so are all the other fairy houses. Dandelion oh, no. says that it's the whole magic meadow, and some fairies are having trouble flying. Topaz is gone, and the closest guardian is Azura, and she's in Fairy Town. Elena says that she has to go to Fairy Town, and Dandelion says it's not possible. The trip takes hours if you're flying, and you know where to go. She can't do it alone. Who are you, Dandelion? I believe in Elena. Why do you say that she can't do it alone? She's the only one that can bloody do anything. You guys can't fly soon. So, yeah, I have, I have written down, like, she has to go to Fairy Town, and immediately everyone's just a fucking downer. <laughs> and it's like, right. she wants to save her house? Her, that's also, like, a sentient living being, apparently. <laughs> right. Like, her house, like, is it, what bureaucracy is this <laughs> that she can't just, like, go there and get help for her, all of their houses that are being destroyed? <laughs> right. So, Elena's like, I'm not gonna be alone, I'm gonna take Bibble. And Bibble's like, okay! And then he realizes what he says and is like, no, 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 I don't want to go, no, 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 no. <laughs> yep adorable he was so brave at the beginning and so immediately <laughs> but uh you know bibble is our strongest soldier so <laughs> he is he is 
So Elena says she doesn't know if she can do it either. And Dandelion's like, that's okay. I'm coming with you. So our three heroes set off with a load of self-doubt. I wouldn't say a load. It's kind of minor self-doubt. They've got a pinch of it. They've got a pinch. It's Barbie. They can't. She's not allowed to have self-doubt. She just had some self-doubt. I know, but then it went away. <laughs> yeah, through the power of friendship. Or something. Sure. Through the power of an executive saying that's how you have, your character has to be written. Yeah. So, as they walk through some fields and stuff, some beautiful music plays, and we see that all the flowers are weak and sick, and then we come across a large forest. Bibble is scared. Our strongest soldiers doing strong. And we just see a hand reach out, grab him, and drag him along. And it is by far probably, like, the three seconds of the film that I love the most to the point that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, the slapstick moments with Bibble are <laughs> kind of front-loaded into this movie, but there's several other spots that are just like actually kind of decently entertaining. Fair. I wouldn't go to say I wouldn't go so far to say funny, but <laughs> decently Look, entertaining. It doesn't take a lot to make me giggle, and I'll take the giggles where I can get them. True, take what you can get. Why not? So, it is kind of spooky. We hear this dark theme in the music with some basses, some low brass. And it speeds up, kind of like the Jaws soundtrack does. Where it's like, da-da. Mm-hmm. And then it speeds up to da-da-da-da. It's kind of the same idea with that. Haven't seen the movie. I just know that a shark eats people. I just know they need a bigger boat. Sure. Why not? I've been on and the ride a bigger multiple times in Orlando. Universal Studios. Yeah, they have oh, a Jaws ride. Universal, of course, Universal do. Studios in Orlando. Do you, get, do you get vored by the shark? Vored? Do you get eaten by the shark? No, you're safe on a They're boat. Lame. Yeah. I think they should travel into the boat. I like Jaws four when it's a ghost shark out to get revenge on the family of the man that killed it because they couldn't get what's his name uh, to be in that one. Sure, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, if I ever watch Jaws for this podcast, I probably will only watch the first one. Yeah, that's what most people would say you should do. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do trilogies and, like, I'll do the whole thing, but it depends on the trilogy. With Fairytopia. I think I'm gonna do the whole trilogy, potentially. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like they're long. No, they're really not. So... They are lost, and Dandelion is like, all right, I'll fly up and have a look. Dandelion says that she thinks she sees the way, and then suddenly, while she's in the air, she can't keep flying. So she falls to the floor. Somehow she lands safely, because, you know, we can't let our main character's best friend get hurt. Where are the stakes also, in that? She just flies into the gas again. They just keep flying into the gas. Albeit... It's a dark, scary forest, so it's harder to see. I legitimately thought they were going to start going through Scooby-Doo doors at some point, you know, where they <laughs> open one and come out some other one. That would be impossible. No, it's just gas. It's always just gas. <laughs> oh, the fairies are not the brightest, are they? No. No. Baby movie for babies. <laughs> it's oddly entertaining, mate. <laughs> oddly, oddly, I did. 
I will say, I did enjoy my rewatch of it. I'm enjoying this right now. I... It is fun to just like watch and take. I wouldn't sit down and watch it. I would sit down and write down observations. I, that that's Which what is keeps what this doing. entertaining. Yeah, Which obviously. Is what we're doing is just making fun of the movie. But that's also, the only like, thing that kept fun. us entertaining. Yeah. So she falls. She needs to rest for a second. She's like, "It's okay. I'll be fine." And Elena's like, "Dandelion, you need to go back." And Dandelion's like, "No, I'm not gonna go back. I'm gonna be strong." And Elena's like, "It must be the sickness. You have to go home while you still have the chance." And Dandelion refuses and is like, "I'm gonna walk like Elena." And Elena's just like, "That's crazy. I'm used to it. You're not. Walking's gonna be too hard for you." What is this reversal thing? I guess there's some concept that the fairy's legs are, like, atrophied because they don't ever use them. But, like, I, I don't know. I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to save them for the end of this scene. Okay, okay. The rest of my notes for this scene are just questions. <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll see how many we can get to and how many answers we might have. So... Elena is then like, okay, like, look, I'm also worried because what's your mom going to do when you're not back by sundown? And Dandelion's like, she's going to panic. And I'm like, so you knew this was going to be a trip that was longer than a day. And you didn't tell your mom? <laughs> you didn't tell your mom? <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> the one familial relation we know you have? <laughs> the one adult that seems to be in this film potentially that is 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 Elena an adult is Dandelion an adult it's I hard don't to even tell know. they kind of look tell. like it but who knows but they all look the same generally they're all pale and have the same facial structure so true <laughs> so, so true. they suffer from same face yeah so Dandelion goes back, leaving us alone with Alina and Bibble on their own. All right. Let's get into these questions, Griffin. What do you okay. got for us? So this, ga this gas, it, the, the sickness, it makes, them, it, makes it makes fairies feel weak, right? It makes fairies feel weak. Alina is still a fairy. Yes. Why doesn't it affect her? At all. Because as you've pointed out, she doesn't fly into it. We only, see, yes. we only see them get hurt by it after they fly directly into the gas, as pointed out by you. I she mean, cannot yes. fly directly into the gas, thus it doesn't affect her. This question is for thought as we go through the movie. Oh no. That question is for thought. Why doesn't it affect her? Two, who the fuck is Dandelion's mom? And where are Elena's parents? Yeah. And why is Dandelion's mom so important? And is she not an adult? That one we've already talked about, kind of. Yeah. But, like, what's with that? Also, finally, because Laverta said it would affect all flying creatures, Bibble's immune. <laughs> Bibble's a tank. Bibble's immune to the gas, the poison, the sickness. <laughs> Bibble can fly. Still. Bibble's a tank. Bibble's a tank. Bibble is immune. We must like, study Bibble. Look, I told you this earlier. Bibble's gonna be unaffected. 
the strongest soldier. Yeah, that's that's your guess. That was already correct. Yeah, you got that one. Woo! You get one point. <laughs> there we go. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back and finish talking about the first half of this film. We've already been talking for an hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intermission. I hope you're all enjoying this episode with my friend Griffin as we take a look at a movie that is a classic, but in a very different way. And I hope you are enjoying Barbie Fairytopia. It's definitely different than anything that we've seen so far, but it's been fun. And if you want to hear any of that bonus content that Griffin and I have been alluding to in this episode, be sure to go sign up on patreon at patreon.com slash post finale sign up for any of the tiers you'll get access to loads of different types of bonus content and you'll be able to hear some of the content of what all that research was that griffin has done and why he is probably the foremost researcher on this movie but if you cannot support on Patreon, that's completely okay. Share the friend with the show. That helps us a lot. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever app you are using to listen to the show. That really does help a lot. And talk about us on social media, at Post Finale Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to talk about us there. Leave us a review. Talk to a friend. Any of those things help. And I greatly appreciate anyone who has done this and anyone who will do this in the future. But for now, let's get back to this movie and find out more about Bibble. I love Bibble. And we are back. So, Laverna is now has another fairy. This other fairy is Ruby. And guess what? He's wearing red. And then I was like, are all the guardians just named after crystals? Because I was like, you have Ruby. You have Topaz. Is Azura a crystal? No. Okay. It's just the color azure. But with an A at the oh, end. God. I think they only name like three of, or four of these guardians, by the way. So yeah, they literally enough. get two they get two stones. And then they quit. <laughs> they give up. It's too much work. Yeah. They just like they one don't want to hire any more voice actors, so they get no lines yep. to any any of the guardians except for like those three. And also, they don't give names to them either. No, no, no names. Cool. So Laverna offers some marigold muffins or flower flutternutters. We stand a queen that can cook. Look, I, I'm on Laverna's oh, side. Yeah. I, she hasn't really told me anything truly evil other than her way of getting power. But like, who... Who hasn't committed atrocities to get power? <laughs> and like, exactly. And let's be honest, like, she's quite kind to her guests. She's like, look, eat. You're skinny. Yeah, eat. Here's food. Yeah. <laughs> let, let he who has not committed war crimes throw the first stone. <laughs> All so, right. My new goal is to now make more biblical references than you possibly could have in the Shawshank Redemption. Oh no! All right, this is now a Bible podcast. Bible, oh, hey, Conway, Bible cast. 
<laughs> That's right. Laverna, who aren't in heaven. They have lost all control. Bibble was crucified and he rose again. All right, we're moving on. So yeah. we learned that Laverna and the Enchantress are twins and sisters, because that's how twins work. So Laverna reveals that the Enchantress, who is laying motionless, fine, but very weak. That's the sleeping beauty eater fucking sister. Very weak. Yeah, she's just sleeping beauty eater sister. Fair enough. But fine does not mean very weak. But okay, whatever. We move. So the Enchantress believed Laverna when Laverna told her that she wanted to make peace, and she never saw it coming when Laverna slipped some of her formula into her butternut milk. Sure, atrocities to gain power. Why not? Whatever. Poison your sister. Whatever. Look, who has that? They had a complicated past. Look, you're meaning to tell me that you never tried to injure your sister? Not poison, but like... I could advise not to uh, say that while recording. (laughs) Not to answer that question. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, Topaz says, Give in, you'll be living under my rule for, say, forever. Good to live live forever. I guess. Yeah. Probably. I guess they live forever. There's that question answered. So, back with Elena and Bibble. Oh, wait. There's oh, more. There's so, one, more. good good evil laugh at the, at the end of that scene. Fantastic Solid. evil laugh. But also, literally just like Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch shit here. I know, I, I know the Wicked Witch of the West and Glinda weren't Tech weren't the ones who were sisters, all right. But this is literally just Wicked Witch of the West shit. There's a good fairy and a bad fairy, and they're strongly related. And the bad fairy really hates the good fairy, and is going to poison everybody. Yeah, sounds good. I'm on board. Let's do it. It's it's just Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wicked. I think I'll try to find gravity. That's right. That's a fairy song now. Puts Wicked in a whole new light. Yeah. Doesn't so, it? Doesn't it? It's Golinda. <laughs> it's going to. <laughs> so, Alina and Bibble, we're back with them. They are in a forest of blue flowers. And Alina says this ominous thing, after the hedge grow, they say fairy wings will guide your way. But there are no fairy wings anywhere. Alina somehow gets to the top of a flower to try to see some stuff. She can't. Oh yeah, see she's anything. got like mad ups too. Oh, she's yeah, just like... jumping. You sure she can't fly? Cause Jesus, the legs. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> she can probably jump higher than anyone can fly. So Bibble is confused, but flies in front of a flower, and the flower just seems to have fairy wings on top. So Bibble found it. Well done, Bibble. Bibble, once again, saving the story. But also, why is the way to literally the big city of fairy through town? Through a flower? Like, through, not just through a flower. Through some esoteric environmental storytelling, like, flower tube. <laughs> what sense does that make? Who are they hiding from? <laughs> Do not know. It's not Laverna, because she clearly knows where it is. Yeah. They have natural predators. I don't know what they are, but I'm very scared. I want a whole movie on the predators. It's called Predator. 
It has Arnold Schwarzenegger. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to do that one with you. I've never actually seen a Schwarzenegger film. Uh, what's that? What, uh, uh, Terminator? I, I like th- no, 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 no. His line in the movie, I think, I'll called Collateral Damage, where he says, Collateral Damage, I'll show you Collateral Damage. And then he kills a guy. <laughs> and the movie's titled, you guessed it, Collateral Damage. That's fantastic. I love it. I'm here for it. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll watch one of his movies one day. Maybe. So, anyway, we go through this flower, and they emerge in a large room, and it's City Hall, and it's closed. Why is the chair for the, like, clown, not clown, but, like, what I called the Grumpy Fairy? I called him Danny DeVito Fairy. Sure. They both work. Why is it so high up? I don't know. Fairy shit. Okay. So literally that's it. it. I, they just chose to make it like that to make it really inaccessible to Alina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything. Alina just struggles, but seems everyday to just... wheelchair experience going to the grocery yeah. store. Everybody's like up here. Yeah. But so this grumpy fairy says city hall is closed. It's not possible to see Azura, not with the sickness going around. And plus Azura isn't even here. So we also learn from the grumpy fairy that Ruby and Amethyst have been taken. Oh, maybe and they then, do get them names. Yeah, we hear Rocks. about Amethyst. And then Jasper, is that his name? The messenger fairy. Uh, I don't remember. I did not write it down, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> cool. I'm going to call him Jasper. It might not be Jasper. I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but... That's another he's rock. Called, he's called Jasper. So... He has to go to Azura to deliver this news immediately. And Alina's face glows up and she's like, and I was like, aha, she's going to use Jasper to get to Azura. Yeah, um, I was exactly right. Yeah. So uh, Alina and Bibble chase him down and they come out of a flower and they're just like on top of a flower that's on top of a really large cliff. Yeah. So why does the tunnel to get to Fairy Town? lead directly into the city hall. And also, how big is this city that it warrants a city hall, but we don't see any other houses? We don't see a single building aside from Azura's house. I don't know. Maybe it's just like each flower has its own house. Where do the fairies live? Well, that doesn't make sense because she uses a flower to get down there. Oh, right. You're right. The flowers. Where do the fairies live? Where do they sleep? Do they have their own flowers? Where's their single bed house that costs 2000 a month to rent? I didn't write the lore to these films. And unfortunately, the lead director on this one is dead as of March 19th, 2023. So we can't even ask him. Anyway, I can ask the writers, though. Where is Elise and Diane? All right. Are, are they said, safe? I'll let you on that mission. Let me know how it goes. I'll keep the I'll keep the public posted on your mission. So, Alina and Bibble chase after. They come out onto the side of the cliff, and Alina walks to the edge of the stem towards the flower. It's dangerous, but she's able to jump up and grab a flower by like the pollen strand. What are what are those meant to be? Yeah, they'd be the pollen. I mean, I guess they'd be called. Uh, are they stamen or pistol? One second, I need to look up flower genitals really quick. 
no, that's not a joke. That is what those are the flowers genitals. Yeah, no, I know that that's what they're called. I just didn't expect those words to come out of your mouth. Yeah, that's a stamen. Okay, so she grabs the stamen of the flower. See? We're intellectuals. Science. Yeah. So she grabs the stamen of the flower, and then the flower rips off from its stem, and she's able to use it as a glider to glide after Jasper. And this works surprisingly well. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Because the petals would just, like, go outwards from the air yeah. resistance, and they wouldn't create a problem. Also, why is Bibble scared of falling? <laughs> he can fly. <laughs> Bibble is the one of the two of them that can fly. Bibble's just being a supportive friend, okay? Anyways, they float down on that flower, and once again, <laughs> Bibble gets thrown into something. <laughs> yep, they crash land. I was like, this is working surprisingly well. Moment. Then they crash land. Bibble gets flung into the wall. Everyone's fine. So we have located Azura's house. And they have to get around the guards. So Elena takes her time. And she gets in in kind of an ingenious way. She hides underneath the flowers to get by. And so like I was like, okay. like At least she has somewhat of a brain. Somewhat. Somewhat. So Jasper delivers the message. And Azura says, alright, thank you. You can go. But... Azura sees Elena and Bibble through the window, and she's like, you know, I know you're there. And she's like, you can either leave right now, or I'll call the guards. And then Elena reveals herself, and she says that she has come from the magic meadow. Her guardian is missing, the fairies can't fly, flowers, her home. She doesn't say what's wrong with them, she just says, flowers, my home. I, I think then, they know about the poison kind of at this point. Vaguely. Sure, probably, but it was annoying that she expressed how the Guardian was missing, which Azura probably already knows. The fairies can't fly. Azura already knows. The flowers, her home, d specify. You specified the other things. Specify this one. Yeah, it's the one point in the movie where they don't elaborate excessively. And also, it's unclear what she thinks Azura can do to help. Like, she's just like, I gotta go talk to the Guardian in Fairy Town. Why? What can they do? <laughs> yeah. Fair. What do they guard? <laughs> what do they guard? I mean, I guess that one gets explained. But, like... I don't know. Not to you yet. You'll get there. Okay. Cool. We do learn why a Guardian is a Guardian. So, Azura tells them to come to the window. And then she sees something. Like, it's like a flash. And then tells them to come in. So... Azura's house, inside, it's massive, it's beautiful, and Azura gives them a drink from the cups. The cups are also floating- terrible accessibility. Oh, horrible accessibility. She to give her, like, a flower wheelchair in order to get in. <laughs> yeah, a flying flower wheelchair. Just, yeah. to, just so that she can float. So Also, it wasn't just a flash in her eye, it was like a whole-ass rainbow. Okay, I missed that it was a whole-ass rainbow. Yeah. So- Bibble then taps on one of the cups and it splashes him. Fantastic. Fantastic. He's a, curi he's a curious little guy. He's curious. You got to admire his curiosity. He's just Bibble, a little guy. He's just a little guy who's a little curious about the world. And there's a little wrong goofy with guy. Him. Yeah. And he attacks the food. Oh, I have hit written in my notes <laughs> Bibble is a fucking mongrel. <laughs> yeah, he destroys 
that plate of food. Also, we glossed over that she fills up, like, all of the cups at the table. Yeah, and there are two of them. A long table, and there's three of them. Three of them. Bibble. No, no, but Bibble can't got believe you excluded and Bibble. He seemed, he seemed upset with it, so, like, he d- it didn't seem like he really wanted a cup. But, yeah. She fills them all up. Elena asks, alright, aren't we waiting for the rest of your company? And Zora's like, you know, these places are for my friends. Friends that I haven't made yet. Just seems like a waste of whatever you're drinking. Yeah, it's literally just a waste of that. But there's the little <laughs> there's the there's the little catchphrase they can mark it on. There it is, the friends I haven't made yet. Oh, there's your yeah. catchphrase. So Azura then tells Elena that she has rainbow in her eyes which means that she is destined for great things. Alina says, I'm different, not great. And Azura's like, don't worry, you might be surprised. I'm gonna go on a wild stretch here, but Alina is destined for great things. Yeah, uh, also super vague, super vague fucking thing to say. I'd be incredibly annoyed if somebody was like, I saw like light in your eyeball. (laughs) Uh, You're destined for great things. What does that mean? Great things of what? Where? Who? When? Why? What am I supposed to do? That's great. Who knows? Look, it's the same way. Like, do am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Like, which way does this greatness lead? Because, like, again, right? Like, Ollivander says in Harry Potter, Voldemort, he did great things, terrible but great. Let's not talk about such an inferior series when we have Fairytopia right in front of us. (laughs) All right. I'm re-listening to the books right now, which is why it's on my brain. Talk about a talk about <laughs> talk about a book series with anti-Semitic goblin tropes. It does. So Fairytopia. So <laughs> Fairytopia. Fairytopia. She fucking roofied Bibble. <laughs> yeah, Bibble is out. So... <laughs> he like gone. Roofied Bibble, and I don't want to gla- gloss past that. He eats a he destroys a plate of ambiguous red and blue blobs, and then he passes out face down on the table. (laughs) Astounding work of art. She gets away with it. This this movie is a masterpiece. (laughs) But just going, you must be tired as well. And then she just picks him up, (laughs) takes him with her. Yeah. She fucking got him. I would not trust her with my drink in a bar. What? She poured it. Well, I guess technically the magic glasses poured it, but you know. So she says she knows exactly what to do about the magic meadow. And I'm like, how? You were never told what was wrong with it. She just said flowers. I mean, sure, you're a guardian. You've probably pieced it together. Like, you know what's going on. But like, still, specificity. They never talked about it. They just had the conversation of like the friends I haven't met yet. You're meant for great things. Anyways, I'm sure you're tired. <laughs> I know what to do. It's like, what? you don't even know the problem, miss. So in bed, Azura asks Elena what's wrong. And Elena is thinking of Peony. She's sad. They Why finally she put the fairy who couldn't fly in the highest up bed possible. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I'm like, what if she gets up early or like needs to use the toilet in the middle of the night? Like, what's she gonna do then? I'm sorry, it's Barbie. Barbie don't need to pee. It's, 
You're right. That pee pee and poo poo isn't real in Barbie Land. Nah, Especially nah, nah. not fairy Barbies. <laughs> nah, it don't exist. They don't have genitals. That tends to be how Barbies work. Yeah. So they can't. Exactly. So Elena is thinking about Peony. Azura says that all of Futurtopia is in danger and believes that it is because of Laverna and that Laverna is actually real and is as Uh-oh. callous and selfish as the Enchantress is loving. She says that she is going to leave in the morning and go to the Wildering Wood to speak to a dryad named Dahlia who lives there. And Dahlia used to follow Laverna and might know something about how to stop her. Azura asks Elena to hold on to her necklace. It's a beautiful little blue butterfly necklace. Yep. Kind of cute. Just a sure necklace. it's not important at all. Nah, it has no significance at all. Literally next to a blue butterfly, I have significance. <laughs> yeah. It'll come back. I'm not Maybe. sure how, but yeah. It'll come back at some point. And then, so just for now, she just has to hold on to it. But Azura says that the trip is dangerous, but she wants to make sure that the necklace stays safe. So this is where I was like, all right, the necklace has some secret power that's going to end up helping Elena defeat Laverna. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. We'll find out. We'll see next time. We'll see soon. But so Azura says it is dangerous, but I have to go. Because the only other option is my friends coming into harm's way. And so she's willing to make that sacrifice. And I was immediately like, I was immediately like, well, she's going to get captured and be useless for the rest of the film. So Azura tells Elena to rest and she'll see her in the morning before taking her trip. And as she flies away, she says, perhaps. Ooh, ominous. Cool. Why does this? And that's where we're dryad. ending the episode. Why on does the this dryad hand supposedly hand. have all the answers? I don't know, but this dryad's got everything. I, it's like she worked for Laverna, but now she still has all the answers, even though this is presumably a plot that was started after she stopped working for Laverna. So why would she know anything about it? Clear. It makes sense to me. Yeah, the one cliffhanger that's immediately uncliffhanged. In the next scene, two seconds yeah, later. There is a hundred percent reason of why I stopped here. Because I legitimately do not know what's about to happen next. And it's the one cliffhanger that I was like, that's about halfway through the movie. Anyways, that's the bottom of page seven of my notes. Oh my god. As we said, we talked a lot beforehand about this. For movie. the record, my I'm movie enjoying knows- it. I will say I am enjoying this, but I think, like you said, I'm enjoying it more because I got to sit and just take notes about it. Yeah. And no, I this wouldn't movie enjoy this if I put it on even in the background. Incredibly boring movie if you're not like actively doing something, which in this <laughs> case is taking notes and writing down thoughts about the movie, which takes up enough of the like blank time between like when things actually happen. There's a lot of nothing that happens in this movie. This movie is one of the very... Actually, no, let's rephrase that. This movie is the only movie where I have been able to take most of my notes just while watching the movie. 
and not needing to pause it. I didn't pause a single time. I need to pause it every now and again because I'll be like, oh, like I missed a name or something. So I'll go back to like get the name and things like that. Or like, hold up, like they said something, but I was typing and like I didn't fully catch that. Like, let me go back so that I can catch what they said. And so like there were a couple moments, but for the majority, I didn't have to stop, which was new. It is nice. It does. It definitely makes the movie makes the process go by a lot faster. I'm sure because oh yeah, yeah. This doesn't add in like a ton of extra time of pausing and such. Yeah, like sometimes it takes me. If I'm watching an hour of a movie, it'll take me anywhere between two to three hours, depending on how in depth the movie is. I watched half an hour for this one because the movie is a whopping seventy minutes long. And I think yeah. it took me an hour total, and I got distracted in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't... It's it's not a process. I watched this the entire movie in one go. I actually had something come up, so I had to stop with, like, ten minutes left. Did you and finish I just it? Paused. Oh, yeah, I finished it. I just paused okay. it, and then the next day I went back. That was uh, Friday. Something came up, and I had to stop it. And then Saturday, after I woke up, I was just like play some notes done and that <laughs> and then i had other stuff the rest of that day but uh fair enough for the record we're recording this on sunday i had from thursday evening to compile this research i i should actually it's check if there's it's expensive there's gonna be there it's not gonna be but i need to check like a compilation of like uh studies and see if there's anything on Fairytopia. If there's even a small chance there's like an actual research paper on Fairytopia, I need to cite it. As we said, we don't think that there is. This is probably the most extensive research and the most extensive anyone has talked about this film. But I'm enjoying this film. I am excited to see what's going to happen next. I guess my bold prediction is uh, pretty much Alina's going to go. She's gonna you know go defeat laverna that blue necklace is coming into play because it's got some special power and bibble is a tank and is a joy have i actually found something that oh my god i might have actually found something i can't believe i overlooked this all right so griffin before you go into that rabbit yeah. hole yeah i'm about to go down more to talk to you about <laughs> before you go down another rabbit hole Thank you so much for being here. I know that you aren't really on the social media world. You're not really on the internet, to be completely honest. But is there anything that you want to say to the people before we head out here? I don't think I don't think I'll be on anything in any time soon anyways, or have any sort of platform of which to find me. If you Google my name, Griffin Stouffer, and you find something, that'll be me. I'm like the only one. Other than that, remember the... The first rule of Fairytopia is don't talk about Fairytopia. That was never a rule. Anyway, a listeners, rule. I thank you so much for listening. And until next week, I'll catch y'all later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. Post Finale is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. Our editor is Pranav Nair. Our music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutcherson. And the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to 
Gain access to bonus content and help support the show, you can do so by heading on over to patreon.com slash postfinale. Any sign up for any of the tier and any of the money that is made from the Patreon will go directly back into the show to help make it a better show to help fund the show. If you cannot support the show on Patreon, that is completely fine. If you still want to support the show, please do so. Tell a friend about the show. That's the best way to grow the show, and it really does help a lot. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcasting app you are using to listen to the show. That also helps a lot. And last but not least, please talk about us on social media. At PostFinalePod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Feel free. Also, shoot us an email, postfinalepod at gmail.com. I will respond to any email that I get, but it might take me some time, but I will respond to every single email that I get. And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Post Finale. I hope you all enjoyed this different take on a childhood classic, apparently. And be sure to join in next week as we finish going through Fairytopia and finding out what's going to happen. We stopped at the one cliffhanger. Is things going to turn out all right? Is there another twist that I don't know that's coming? There's only one way to find out. So be sure to tune in next week. And until then, I'll catch you all later.